welcome once again to the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy White of templeofmiriam.com, and we'll be joined by our co-host, Miss Catherine Ironwood of LuckyMojo.com in Forestville, California, and possibly Conjurman Ali of ConjurmanConsulting.com. I may be filling in for our special guest, Stuart Palm of StuartPalm.com in Hong Kong, bringing us today's topic of steady work, but I may transform into Stuart Palm. We will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of voodoo, conjure, or root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual voodooists of our time and me. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who have signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and have called into the show, then you will be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first we'll catch up with our co-hosts, Miss Kat and Kajerman Ali. No, just me. <laughs> well, uh, and your co and your special guest. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. I have no idea what's going on, but um, it's a crazy show today. Um, Stuart Palm is um, supposed to be calling in from Hong Kong, but he's missing in action, I believe. And Kanjman Ali, who is our um, co-host, ah, is he here? Yeah, I'm here. I'm just from a different number. <laughs> oh, thanks. Thank you very much for calling I've been listening in. in. I'm here. <laughs> All right. That only means we're missing one of us. Okay. Well, things here are, are relatively crazy, and I couldn't have missed for anything your and my little political discourse, um, which I know we have a lot to say. Okay? Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, for the ages, for the record, um, this is a live show, and it is the really the only time that Contraman and I uh, have a chance to you know let our hair down and talk to each other, and um, I guess um, just you know say what we have to say. He doesn't have much hair to let down anymore, but I still do. Um, it's true. So uh, let me let me catch you all up to date on doings at um, in my world. Um, this is Lucky Mojo Land, and um, the other websites that I operate, and also the Hoodoo Heritage Festival. So just really quickly running through the list. Lucky Mojo is chugging along as usual. We are still shorthanded. We are still looking for some full-time employee. Please come out of the woodwork. Nobody wants to get a job now if they can get unemployment, and they don't want to get into a situation where they meet new people and may spread COVID, and we'll talk about that in a little bit later. Um Nobody at our place has COVID at this time. That's good. But it is a kind of a um, a treacherous uh, thing to go looking for a job, and I understand that. So we're shorthanded or um, way understaffed, we could say. And we're not the only company that's understaffed. I think that many grocery stores, many restaurants, um, those that are still in business, um, mm-hmm. many metaphysical shops, I see it all over people saying, we're understaffed. We're trying to catch up. We are. 
it's an it's an emergency situation. Bear with us. Uh, we're doing the best we can. We are still filling a few orders, believe it or not, from August. That's how bad it is. Um, last time I looked, we had 197 orders on the floor unfilled. Now, we try on the weekends to do what we call squeaky pulls, squeaky wheels, and these are the short pulls or the people who are angry. Um, we are cowed by screaming anger, and we usually will get your stuff out and then never deal with you again. But um, the other squeaky wheels are simply those that, you know, they just needed one oil, pop it in a box, make it go, and we handle those on the weekends. So that's what the team is doing at the shop right now. However, meanwhile, we've had some amazing computer failures. I just don't even want to begin mm-hmm. to get into it, but... Um, but hard drives that have spewed their contents into random electronic numbered files. Um, my heart goes out to my dear husband, Nagashiva, who sent a hard drive to get it partitioned, and it came back in in a sparse bundle. Little did I know that a sparse <laughs> bundle even existed. For those of you who know what I'm talking about, you know more than I do. It's it's a sparse bundle, and boy, is it there's nothing there, and he can't deal with it. So um, he is now sending the hard drive off to a recovery system uh, uh, contractor. This is really bad. So that's a major thing. It's not the shop's computer. This is his laptop. However, like me, he works on a laptop as well as a desktop, and he, um, unlike me, I tend to back my stuff up on a hard drive desktop. He tends to keep them separate. Now he's learned a terrible lesson. <laughs> Why oh, we no. have a canonical a canonical hard drive. But so it goes. Anyway, I love you, Shiva. So sorry. It's bad. Then we have... Um, the good news, that is um, the upcoming festival. We're working really hard on that. I'm still editing flyers. I'm working on Richard Webster's flyer and Angels, which is brilliant as everything Richard Webster has ever written. And uh, I think you're all going to be very pleased with his workshop. I have two more flyers to go after that. Then the flyers are done. Then I'm videoing my, my two workshops, one on the Guiding Light to Power and Success by Mikhail Strabo, which is about candle magic, as it was performed in 1942. And then the other workshop I'm doing is Bottle Up and Go, which is about container spills, bottles and jars and boxes and everything like that. And there's a bazillion other workshops. There's a total of 14 workshops, so you'll find something to love. And uh, we'll talk at the end of the show about getting tickets. Tickets are still on sale. There's a lot that can be learned if you sign up for um, this 15 hours of teaching on hoodoo, root work, and conjure. Mm -hmm. So that's going to be something, and I'm still hard at work on my aspects and facets of that. Part of that ended up with the book that I'm doing with um, Gregory Lee White called The Stranger in the Cup, which has come out. We've got the book in hand lovely little book on tea leaf reading. And because of that, I decided to work on a project which I'd been holding back on. I'd been accumulating material but had never put it up online at themystictearoom.com. And that project is called 50 Tea Rooms, 50 States, 50 Days. And so I have been uploading one tea room at least for every state in the Union 
a vintage postcard, if possible, from 1905 to 1925, preferably, but going on into the 40s and 50s and 60s and even 70s if I have to. And in some states, I have not found a vintage tea room postcard, so I'm getting contemporary images um, online. And the idea is to show a tea room culture, what tea rooms are like, what a, why they existed and still exist, uh, not just little retro, you know, Downton Abbey, cutesy poo, shabby chic tea rooms, but all kinds mm-hmm. of tea rooms, um, Chinese tea rooms, Japanese tea rooms, bohemian artist tea rooms, roadside, trailside, rural uh, tea rooms in state parks, uh, all, you know, little Main Street tea rooms in small town USA, all sorts of tea rooms, uh, educational, charitable tea rooms. There's so many kinds. And it's been a wonderful project. I have five more to go. They'll be today and then four more days, and I'll be done with the 50 tea rooms in 50 uh, days in 50 states. I still have several hundred more that I'm going to upload. But that is just a little thing I've been working on real hard and trying to. And I found that on Facebook where I'm uploading them, a lot of people like tea rooms. I had no idea. They get a lot of comments, mm-hmm. a lot of helpers, and I want to particularly... Uh, give a shout out to Erin Nicole Handy and Trixie Gnosis M, who have uh, and, oh and Joseph Stiffel, um, who have all sent me images and data on vintage tea room postcards and have been really helpful. Just lovely people, and um, and I'm crediting them as I go. So that's my news. Um, how about you, Conjurman? Oh, you know I'm. Busy as as usual, but in a, in a good way. Um, uh, I think I am completely booked out for October. I am going to probably be opening up my readings for uh, November, uh, just because it's it's been a crazy crazy busy. But we're living through strange and bizarre times, and uh, I do want to point out that. Uh, to dive into a little bit of a political discussion here, that the President of the United States has come down with COVID-19, and in a moment that I think surprises nobody, uh, one of those instances of, I would probably say, you know, 2020 irony, will we call it? Yeah, you know, it's it's Uh, been so interesting. There's all these virtue signaling people who say that if you say it's karma, you're wrong. And um, but it is actually literally it is karma. It's cause and effect. Um, Someone someone pointed out that this was a you remember um, uh, Edgar Allan Poe's or the Red Mask of Death or or the Mask of the Red Death? I think it was the Mask of the Red Death. Literally, yes. Right, it's, it's the guy is a, a rich dude in the middle of a pandemic. He decided to throw a party with all his rich friends, and and the plague showed up. Right, they didn't put their masks on. They didn't, you know, uh, social mm-hmm. distance. It's not it's not karma. It's straight up stupidity, is what it is. But I do <laughs> want to point out here, I, like to be to be to bring this back to why it matters for for us um, is. Uh, we actually called this. So back in February, Kat and I were talking about uh, the election, and Kat accurately called out that there's going to be funky stuff going on with the actual election date and mail-in votes and whatnot. This was way before the news broke that people were taking out 
the mail-in ballot boxes before they were messing with the mail mm-hmm. at all. There was no mm-hmm. hint of it, but Kat called it back in February. In that February, I actually saved this text. I'm going to put it up on my um, I'm going to put this up on my website actually. I texted Kat that night and I said to her, and I have this here. Word for word, when there's an election in the year of the Great Conjunction, that is Jupiter-Saturn conjunction that's happening in December, three things happen. Either there is an assassination attempt on the president or the leader, the leader falls Mm -hmm. ill or dies, or the transition Mm -hmm. of power is delayed. Well, last week there was a ricin that was mailed to the White House, that assassination attempt. They're delaying the election, which Kat called eight months ago, Mm -hmm. nine months ago. And now he's fallen ill with COVID. And if you've ever right. done, like, if you've ever looked at his actual chart, so that's really interesting. This is where the, the solar return stuff is fascinating, uh, and people should get that yearly chart. So the Lord of the Year for him, uh, for in his solar return chart, is Venus. Venus is where in his solar return? It's in his 12th house, the house of <laughs> hospitals, isolation, <laughs> and illness. His other Lord of the House, or Lord of the Year, is Mars. And Mars is where? It's conjunct, it's his moon, that is the planet of his health, in the ninth house of travel or justice or whatnot. So, I mean, it's spelled out really clearly there. Venus, the moon, Mars, the guy's going to end up with the plague at some point in 2020. And now he's in the hospital. Wow. This is you're you're so right to bring this up. Um people who are not astrologers are going, What are you guys talking about? Trust me, astrology will really help you get the timing of events. I mean it's really a good yeah. if you don't want to become an astrologer, find an astrologer to do some uh you know, a little bit of a catch up for you. A lot of people who listen to this show are readers and root workers themselves. And it, this show is kind of like a, you know, there's there's people who are from the general public and they wanted to get a reading. But a lot of the people who cluster around our show and who pick it up later in downloads off of Blog Talk Radio are themselves experienced readers in one uh, modality or another. And um, Ali and I, you know, just keep on cackling about astrology. This is not an astrology show, but astrology is definitely one of the modalities of divination used in hoodoo, and we are here to testify that this was all like a big train that couldn't be stopped. You could just see it coming down the track. you got to jump off the track, or that train's just going to roll on over you, folks. <laughs> it really is. And we're just going to stand there real close to it and watch it go whoosh as it goes by and hope that we don't get killed. That's it, because it's... it's yeah. Amazing, amazing what's going on. And um, so um, it's a, it was a, it's been really an amazing year. Yeah. Astrologically and speaking. October, now, as and far as, as far as the, the, as far as the president of the United States getting COVID, so another word for karma is cause and effect. It is not, mm. as Doc Murphy points out, it is not divine retribution. But speaking of divine retribution, an entirely different matter, I think it's also fucking divine retribution. I mm. think that um, cause and effect, yes, it's very simple. It's science. The guy didn't wear a mask. You, he went to the, <laughs> the frickin' Rose Garden super spreader event. But when you look at that history of the Rose Garden and what yeah. has gone on there... 
there is some sort of a, you can just see that little deus ex machina happening there. There's this rose garden. It had been a garden before. Jackie Kennedy made it into the rose garden that we all knew and loved. And her friend, Bunny Mellon, did the landscaping design for it. And it was, you know, she offered tours, and it was very gracious, and it was like this beautiful little space. And, um, you know, it's a miniature garden, but it was done with, you know, little partitions and, you know, so that it was very old-fashioned looking and keeping with the building. But the colonnades were broken by these little crab apple trees, which were also in the Rose family. Such a delightful little garden. And that fucking bitch, Melania Trump, ripped it out. And when she ripped mm-hmm. it out, a lot of historical gardeners, and also rose gardeners, and also just gardeners in general, came up with a hashtag, Rose Garden Massacre. And yeah. starting in July, they were hashtagging Rose Garden Massacre, Rose Garden Massacre. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, then the reason it was done, and paved, they paved it, for God's sake. The reason it was done was so that Trump could have a beautiful backdrop for his fabulous little um, press announcements. So he used that place to announce that he was going to have um, Amy Coney Barrett um, replace um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg on the Supreme Court. And they were all fucking infected, right? Mm -hmm. And so what's so amazing to me is there was a lot of talk during the first Rose Garden Massacre that the ghost of Jackie Kennedy was going to come back and lay them low. When the nomination of Amy Coney Barrett went, there was a lot of talk that the ghost of Ruth Bader Ginsburg was going to come back and lay them low. And so the repurposing of the hashtag Rose Garden Massacre shows me like a sign. It's one of those divine signs when a word or phrase comes back and you just go, oh, my gosh, look at that. Mm-hmm. He he was sick. He was spreading it. He knew he was spreading it. And you can see the photos, the aerial footage, and you see all the little circled heads and who it was. He knew it. He had that disease when he got on the debate. Um, it was very obvious. Yeah. I am yeah. sometimes stunned, not just by stupidity. I'm stunned by the arrogance of these people, the arrogance. Yes. You yes. can't massacre Jackie Kennedy's Rose Garden and then hold your anti-women's rights thing going on there. No, 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 yes. no. It's not going to happen. And it, to me, it's like, wow, that was, that's not karma. See, karma was that Trump got COVID. This wasn't yeah. karma. This was fucking divine retribution. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, and all done within the context of of, of Ruth Bader Ginsburg's passing, right? I mean, they yes, they, yes. they they didn't even let. I mean, there was not even an, an appropriate amount of time to to mourn, to recognize the second woman on the Supreme Court, the first Jewish woman on the Supreme Court, her, you know, a, a, a titan of women's rights. Not even no recognition of it. They were salivating over that empty seat, and it bit them in the ass. Trump didn't mm-hmm. just get COVID. <laughs> Eleven of them ended up with COVID. I think the total is up to like 26 right now. I mean, mm-hmm. that that is, as you rightly point out, that's a divine retribution. That's a moment in which the universe itself goes, hold the fuck up. Hold yeah, up. Yeah, right. Right? Right, right, right. Well, like I said, there's a difference between karma and divine retribution. Thank you, Doc Murphy, for pointing that out. But this event smacks of both. 
Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And, by the way, I hope the motherfucker dies, 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 and I hope he is carried screaming to hell on the wings of Sandra Bland, Breonna Taylor, and Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyone who says, who thinks that, that wishing death is, is, is not good or not, completely misunderstands first the biblical uh, under, you know, ethics here. Death to evil is acceptable. Ten plagues to take out a tyrant. People forget that. Ten plagues mm-hmm. to take out a tyrant. That is in the Bible itself. Um, and the death right. of a single tyrant to save millions, that's righteous. So, mm-hmm. you know, I have a sneaking suspicion he will survive this, unfortunately. Uh, and he mm-hmm. will definitely use the narrative to kind of bolster his election chances. But those of us who are righteous in our prayers, this is the time to mm-hmm. send those prayers out. Yes, we should we should send those prayers up. And And, you know, this is something, too. If you read the book of Esther, mm-hmm. it's another book about about a person who was a, a lying bastard, I guess you could call him, and um, and about a woman who was brave and uh, prevailed against him. And he does not end up reconciled and seeing the light and becoming a nice guy after all and recognizing compassion. No, he ends up fucking dead, dead, dead. And then we all dance around and eat cookies, okay? That's my religion. <laughs> <laughs> Amen to that. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I take it that Stuart Palm never got here. So, at this point, we're falling back on Plan B, and we're going to introduce our announcer as our guest, <laughs> Dr. Jeremy Weiss. So, how are things with you, Dr. Jeremy? Hello! <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, things are great. Things are great. Um, uh I'm just working on festival stuff, just like you guys, and um, I'm busy making, filling boxes and boxes, and there's just, my house is filled with boxes, boxes. Well, let's let's, um, give you another minute here to talk about the festival. Tickets are still on sale, right? Yep, tickets are still on sale. And And they uh, will be on sale until... Until October, until the festival starts, which is on the 16th, so uh, you can buy them all the way up to October 15th. Okay. And um, I I hope that sales are going well. Last time I checked in with you, it looked like you were doing quite well on sales. Yeah, sales are 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 well. We have over 225 people attending. Um, oh, great. I think it's going to be really fantastic. I've been shooting some extra material. Yesterday I, I shot some material about a uh, fiery tornado of destruction, how to produce a fiery tornado of destruction. So, wow. um, yeah, it's very cool. Um, it actually is a spell that I, I use. Um, uh, I derived a little bit uh, from Marie Laveau, uh, mm-hmm. uh, the cursing spell in, in there and then um, to try to overcome people who have a fiery wall of protection around them and I there's um, yeah and what happens is uh, I use uh, a uh, some Florida water with some other ingredients which I'll, I'll talk about in a surprise video and um, 
I, I, I light it on fire. And when I do that, it rather than just creating a little bit, you know, how the alcohol of the of the uh, Florida water just burns mm-hmm. maybe like an inch or two, it'll create mm-hmm. an actual fire tornado that will be like wow. six inches high, like swirling wow. as a tornado. And you let that happen on the petition of the person, you know, who you're trying to curse, who has some protection around them to get around that fiery wall of protection. Yeah. Wow. Very cool. Very cool. Well, you're you're really good at making these videos, and people unfamiliar with you ought to um, follow you on Facebook because you occasionally post these little uh, clips of spell casting that are just so educational and really um, show people, you know, how it can be done. And um, that's that's really great. That's real. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. Now today our topic is steady work. We all have mm-hmm. steady work here. We sure do. Um, so I'm going to introduce it briefly, and then we're all going to just throw this open for a panel discussion. So steady work uh, is a class of spell casting, which is kind of adjacent to money drawing on one side and mm-hmm. to prosperity on the other side and to attraction or, or um, attracting attention look me over and attraction spells. So it kind of goes in amongst those. It also has a little bit of the pay me kind of in there too. So it's kind of an overlapping area. Steady work uh, usually is thought of as somebody who wants a job where they show up, the the little image we have of a clock pointing to 9 o'clock, you know, get up, go to work. But steady work is not only for working as an employee, although that is one of its aspects, it can also be steady work if you work on commission or sell things on consignment. You want a steady flow of income. And it also can be if you're an entrepreneur, you want a steady flow of customers because they are your work. Just dressing your shelves is not the mm-hmm. only thing that gets it. So steady work is a, um, a, a form or genre of modality of, of spell casting that encompasses a number of, um, like I call them, adjacent spell casting. It's, it's in the middle of a little cluster. So I'm going to start off um, with just a, a real quick one. I've told this one before. I've told it probably a dozen times, maybe a dozen times on this radio show. I've certainly told it to others many times privately. The oldest um, steady work spell I know that was given to me, now I'm not saying it's the oldest spell, but when I was a teenager, I was given this spell um, down in Oakland, California, and this had to do with working on the docks uh, as a longshoreman. And the man who told it to me said, if you want a job, when they do the shape-up, now the shape-up is an old term for um, dock hands, longshoremen going down, and the person who has a ship coming in or has a, a cargo they want loaded or unloaded could just stand there and pick and point people. And it was called a shape because everyone sort of stood there in good shape and then they would pick you, you know. And so you go down to the shape up. In other words, people were not assigned from a central office is what I'm saying. They were picked. They were day laborers. You go down to the shape up, he said, and you have with you some gravel root. Now, a gravel root is a root that is used medically to get rid of kidney stones, which are called kidney gravel. 
but it also refers to um, working on roads. And so gravel road is used by those who do day labor as in working on the railroad, working on roadside maintenance and stuff like that. And you also needed salt, and that's all you need, gravel root and salt. And um, you put these in your pocket. And, uh, of course, the men were wearing, you know, work pants with pockets. And he said, now, when you get up there, you try to get up and say hi to the boss and look him in the eye. And if you can, then after you shake his hand and move into the shape up, as you walk around behind him, he said, you just sprinkle some of that. And if he steps back into it, he will pick you. But if he doesn't step back into it, he may not pick you. And that's the oldest spell I was ever taught on steady work. Um, Now, if you do this, you know there's a social aspect to it. You actually are, you know, um, going up and saying hello to the boss. Hi, you know, nice to see you. It looks like you're looking for somebody good. You know, I've been with you before, remember me? You know, so you're making eye contact, and then you're making it so he steps into it. So that's my first steady work spell. Um, let's throw this over to you, Jeremy. What's a steady work spell you know? Sorry about that. I had my little mute on. Um, see, now, um, I, there, I, I have a, a spell for maybe good trading, a scriptural yeah. spell for good trading. And mm-hmm. continue good trading, and that is is through, um, from Sacred uh, uh, um, Gematriaot, which is to recite Genesis thirty one forty uh, thirty verse thirty one um, you know forty two and uh, verse of uh, uh, chapter forty four verse uh, twenty two. For profitable okay, trade. wait, you're going to have to give that again because I'm writing them down. Genesis okay. chapter Genesis, 31. Chapter 31, verse 42. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, chapter 44, verse 22. Got it. Thanks. And now I'm going to try to... Uh, Uh, you still there? Uh-oh. We've lost you, Jeremy. You're gone. We just hear rushing wind where Jeremy was. Uh-oh. Are you still there, Ali? I'm still here. I can go. Uh, I have a, a one. Maybe you can Well, you go ahead. All down. right. Yeah, a very easy, straightforward one is uh, gimme peppers. I was taught, or Grains of Paradise, that if you want a job, to tap, hold a little bit of Grains of Paradise in your mouth. Be careful, they're very spicy. Remember the first time I bit into one? I was like, oh, didn't expect that. Mm -hmm. Um, So they have a little black, peppery, gingery taste to them, which is interesting. Um, You hold it in your mouth, and then as you're leaving, you very carefully spit them out. Don't hawk a loogie, but you spit them out. (laughs) out so that um, when they, the boss walks over them, it will influence them. So you hold it in your mouth the entire time during the interview, and then when you leave, you just kind of spit it out 
onto the carpet, just a few in your mouth, and it's a very good way of uh, getting that job, beating out the competition. I was always told that if you're trying to do steady work, if you're trying to ensure that you get the job, that you either leave something of yourself there, that is your footprint, or in this case, the guinea peppers that are in your mouth, or you take something from there back home. And that could be a business card, that could be a flyer, it can be dirt from the front of the business building, but that way you establish a connection. All right. Uh, we got a message here from Jeremy in the chat. He says, can't hear me? And then he quotes, if the God of my father, the God of Abraham, and the fear of Isaac had not been with me, you would surely have sent me away empty-handed. But God has seen my hardship and the toil of my hands, and last night he rebuked you. Are you there, Jeremy? We just hear this whoosh, as everyone has said in the chat. You went away on that fiery tornado. Oh, Jeremy is gone. <laughs> well, you know, listen, we're we are living through not just live radio, but funky weather. Mercury and retrograde yeah. is coming up on us. Yeah, it's right. It's, an, it's funky, funky, so, funky other. So we're Jeremy all now. Jeremy here. now posts. I'm I'm going to finish here. Jeremy now posts, and we said to my lord, the boy cannot leave his father. If he leaves him, his father will die. Arg! Fiery tornado. <laughs> And Covet Gift Two says, "Jeremy, call back in." And um, and uh, now D three Fluffy asks, "How would you do steady work with a phone or virtual video interview?" Okay, um, so I'm gonna give a little go on that one. If you have to do something with a video or a virtual stuff, when you do a video, it's a really good idea to do some kind of a a secret impress in it if it's pre-recorded. In other words, you can make a little watermark that cannot be seen, so small it cannot be seen, and it might contain a piece of scripture, it might contain a sigil, it might contain a, a an, an image or an icon. It should be done um, in, you can do it if you're not using um, video but using a still image, you can embed it into a still image, make it very large, make the image be so small and, and so similar to the colors around it, it can't be seen. However, if you're doing live video conferencing, I have a different recommendation, and that would be to oil your fingertips yes. with an appropriate oil. So, and you can type it. So you don't want dripping oil, obviously, all over your hands. But you would use Steady Work, and you might use Look Me Over if it's going to be through some sort of uh, Skype or Zoom conference. Um, and you might use. Um, attraction to you know whatever whatever you feel is the right thing so um again those would be steady work look me over um an attraction oil and you can also if you're going to work from home because nowadays with the covid-19 many people are working from home you would also add to that money house blessing because your your money is being made in your house Yep, yep. Okay. You can also, if you're doing some type of virtual interview, you know, nowadays every, all the interviews are really virtual, um, wear a talisman. So you can affix uh, jewelry. And you can either wear it quite openly or you can hide it underneath your shirt. But you can dress that with steady work oil, attraction oil, uh, look me over like Miss Cat mentioned, and that's a really good way of drawing their attention. It also works well because people have really bad uh, visual memory, most people forget faces. 
very quickly, but they will <laughs> remember something. So if you wear, for example, a purple necklace, they'll be like, oh, yeah, it was the person with the purple necklace. So it helps just with that memory trigger as well. Very, very useful uh, in this particular instance when you're doing some type of visual um, uh, interview. You can also have a candle going. Don't have it in the shop, but behind your laptop or your, uh, or your uh, computer or off in the distance with, within, you know, reason. Don't mm-hmm. knock it over. Not if you're swinging your arms around. But you can have a candle going, and that's also a fantastic way of doing a virtual interview steady work stuff. Yeah, and Doc Murphy added um, um, a seal of Jupiter under your computer, I would say, under yeah. the keyboard perhaps, maybe a, um, a Jupiter under the, you know, the computer and, and Mercury under the keyboard. I know people, by the way, who have um, uh, put those seals under, you know, if they have a separate keyboard from their monitor, and it's, you know, plastic at the back, you can put yeah. under it those seals and then put packing tape over it. And yeah. um, now it, the way to do those, people say, should I have the seal facing up toward the keyboard or should I have the seal facing down toward the, the um, table surface? Make them back-to-back and put your name between them, put your hair between them, make yourselves nice little um, seals, and then packing tape them to the bottom of your keyboard. It's a good way to work. Um, and um, like I said, put them back-to-back and seal something between them. I also have in front of my computer a series of um, spheres, crystal balls, you could call them, uh, which have different um, symbolical meaning. They are, you know, quartz, and there's, you know, uh, gabbro, and there's merlinite. They're just different ones. And they're all sitting here underneath my computer's monitor, just sort of arrayed. And while I'm talking with people on the phone, I will pick these up and hold them in my hand and manipulate mm-hmm. them and concentrate on them in the form that's used by the Crystal Silence League. And in the book, Secrets of the Crystal Silence League, you will learn how to use these balls this way. You don't want to show those um, on a video, but if you're doing yeah. just audio only or showing things, these balls are, are really powerful ways to concentrate I don't then have to look at the screen because, hey, we're not doing um, video. I'm concentrating on that ball, letting it go through the ball into the screen onto the power source and out. Ooh, that's fantastic. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of uh, petition papers, paper in my shoe, the book, get it. I'm going to give you a like literally paper in my shoe. Uh, you write down mm-hmm. the name of your interviewer's Put that in your right shoe, and as you're speaking to them, whether you're speaking to them in person or virtually, you just very lightly tap on it. Don't stamp your foot. Don't make it obvious. You don't want to make it seem like you're, you're in a rush or impatient. But as you speak to them, you lightly tap your foot. And what this does is it exerts influence over that person. Um, if you dust it with attraction powders and then place it in your shoe, you can actually keep it in your shoe and pray that every step I take, it leads me to getting this job. It leads me to acquiring this position. It works. It's very old school. It's fantastic. That's great. Well, I just got news that Jeremy is back on the line. Jeremy, you there? Yes, I am. Here I am. Woohoo! Uh, <laughs> hi. All right. So um, 
we have here carving the fourth pentacle of Jupiter on a horse chestnut. Tell us about that. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I've, 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 it's something that I've heard about, and I can't really remember where where it was. And it was something to do with him splitting the chestnut and, um, and into two pieces, and one is one is carried, and one is not. One is I don't. Do you remember? Uh, one is no, carried, I don't. Maybe one is one is placed in your mouth when you're having an interview. And one is, I think, just carried on your person. That's a a new one to me. Um, Yeah. Well, I'm going to mention now, I had said earlier that um, steady work comes at the intersection of a few ideas. So I'm just going to put in a little plug for Lucky Mojo um, Root Worker Specials. These are combinations that we will make for you of four oils one, two, three, or four oils together. And the price is way cheaper than buying four bottles of oil because you're going to get four ounces instead of four half ounces. And um, and it's going to be in one bottle, so we save on the glassware and we save on the time of making them. And if you wanted to make a combination of these, I would say that, again, I mentioned some of them, steady work, um, Look me over. Magnet is another good one. Attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, pay me. And um, boss fix. If you're having a little trouble with your boss, that's always a good one too. So you pick four. You can only get four into the bottle, and um, and you can use those. Now I want to bring up sachet powders. Back in the day, everyone would dust um, uh, their interview uh, notes and their um, if they were interviewing someone for a job, you would dust your your material going into the job with clarity, right? Because you want to know if they're a good employee. If you're going to turn in a resume and you're going to turn in a, a, a form, you would dust it with um, steady work and also perhaps attraction or look me over. And you can do that and used to be able to do that by saying, i got to go to the bathroom and you just while you're waiting your turn for the interview, there's a bunch of people in the waiting room, you just pick up your purse, you take everything, go to the bathroom, dust it, come back. But you can actually dust it if you have something in your purse. No one will notice it. Um, but you don't want enough dust on it that people will notice. You want it to be just light. You know, you just shake the paper a little bit. So if you have to fill it out ahead of time, you can also dust your business cards that way. Now, with everything virtual, that isn't as often done, but there still are companies where they still want a face-to-face interview because it's a face-to-face kind of business, like you're going to work in a retail, and they don't want to just interview by by uh, virtual because you're going to retail be there, and they want to see what you look like, how you dress, and so forth. Another thing you can do is wear something in your shoe, uh, paper in your shoe, and um, mm-hmm. Um, I think um, Ollie mentioned that book, Paper in My Shoe, that I wrote. There is a very, very good pair of spells there for job getting. And I, uh, they're too long to get into here, but if you have a copy of Paper in My Shoe, just check them out. Yeah, it's fantastic. I, I want to throw in another condition product that's not often thought about in terms of work, but it's phenomenal. Crown of Success. I think people think of Crown of Success as sort of like, yes. oh, it's good for academic, but it's actually really good for job getting. My go-to is actually uh, steady work, attraction, pay me, and Crown of Success. That's the root worker special that I mm-hmm. use. 
uh, and I've used it personally, and, and it works phenomenally. It's mm-hmm. really, really good uh, if you use it on your candles. The component of Crown of Success ensures that you succeed, and you are, because you're competing, right? You're, every job mm-hmm. is a competition, and some are worse than others. In my field, in the academy, um, one job position generally has anywhere between two to 800 applicants for one position. Mm-hmm. So you right. need to stand out. And so that crown of success, that component of really putting the laurel wreath on your head, so to speak, really helps you. So I highly recommend crown of success. Um, you can wear it as a scent very lightly. Um, you can also uh, anoint your hands so that when you shake that person's hand, you are uh, you know, uh, influencing them directly with that particular oil. You can use it on your candles, uh, and it works wonderfully, wonderfully. I also am a big believer of working with lodestones. If you get the business card of the place you uh, want to apply to or that you want to get the job in, place that business card underneath a lodestone after you've anointed it with your root worker special oil of attraction and crown of success and all of that, and feed it magnetic sand daily until you get that job. The mm-hmm. magnetic mm-hmm. power of the lodestone will draw that job to you. Yeah. I'm going to, uh, I, I, I grabbed my copy of paper in my shoe. It's on pages 65 and 66. Okay. 65 is a paper in your shoe for a job interview, and it uses the um, scripture from Luke 11.9, which um, is, uh, and I say unto you, ask and it shall be given to you, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be opened unto you. But you interlineate this with the name of the person, if you're a root doctor, that you're working for. So would say, I, and I say unto you, Betty Ann Ransom Lewis, ask and it shall be given you by the Piggly Wiggly in Jackson, Mississippi. Seek and ye shall find a job as a cashier or in the warehouse, either one. Knock and it shall be opened unto you in Jesus' name. Amen. So you just interlineate your prayer with Luke 11, 9. Mm. Then there's another one on page 66, which is a paper under a candle for a job interview. And this one was uh, taken from Hoodoo Bible Magic by Miss Michael and Professor Charles Porterfield that they used Luke 11 and 9 also and followed it with Psalms 90 uh, and verse 17. And so this gave me an idea for a totally new spell. And so um, it's uh, Psalms 90, 17 is, And let the beauty of the Lord our God be upon us, and establish thou the work of our hands upon us, yea, the work of our hands, establish thou it. And so this would involve drawing a tracing around the person's hand. Mm, and, uh, that's fantastic. And then and writing that, and then putting that under a candle. So those are two really nice spells. One of them is um, novel to me. The other one is a very old one that I learned a long time ago. Mm, that's good. That's good. I'm also, uh, I would highly recommend powders that you take with you. Very lightly, you mix it with some dirt, you keep it in your pocket, um, and mm-hmm. you sprinkle it as you're leaving. You sprinkle a little bit of steady work that you've missed, mixed with some local dirt. As you want, you just reach into your pocket or into your purse and sprinkle it. We're talking about like a couple pinches. We're not talking about you're not laying waste to this job site. So that like, what happened? Why is there all this dirt here? Just enough so that it's right into the carpet and people will walk through it. Another pocket spell is if, if you put five-finger grass in one pocket 
and Deer's tongue in another pocket, you will succeed in your interview. So that when you have to go into the interview, and you can do this virtually or you can do it in person, generally I was told that you put the deer's tongue in the right side and you put the five-fingered grass in the left side. I don't really see if you, if you want to sh flip it because of your dominant hand, I think it's perfectly fine. But you want to keep one in each and uh, go for your interview, five-fingered grass, so that you are successful with all five of your fingers and get what you ask for and deer's tongue for eloquence and persuasion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this is really good, if, especially if you are going to be working with your hands. And remember, mm -hmm. most jobs do involve our hands. Uh, you know, very few jobs can be done by a person who is handless. Uh, you may think of yourself as like a big muscle guy, but you're still using your hands to manipulate tools. Yeah. So deer's tongue, and I would do it on the non-dominant hand um, um, for speech and mm -hmm. um and five finger grass five finger on the grass dominant side, side yep. for for skill for craftsmanship, um, but you know either way it's it's, it's how you want to do it. Um, uh, and craftsmanship is an interesting thing here. Um, one of the things I like to think of is when you're working on um, selling crafts. You know when you make crafts. Um, it's always a, a common thing to sign them. You know, like I used to make pottery. You know, you you know inscribe your name in the clay in the bottom before you fire it, or if you're weaving, you put a little bit of a signature piece of weaving into it, or whatever it may be. Um, everything should be signed, and um, and you should also um, um, put in a little bit of um, of an attraction of look me over, so that people, if it's if it's a crafts thing that you make, that they will pick it up, will look at, will mm -hmm. touch it, and then it will be so e attractive to them. So it either should be dusted or oiled, depending what the product is made from, and uh, and it, it you know it could be smoked in incense if it's something that you can't either oil or dust. But the marking of the objects that you make when you're selling your own things, branding them as it were. Um, is important, and it need not be a brand that they're going to see, you know, like Lucky Mojo Curio Company. It might just be if you're making something that you always put a little X in it or you always touch it with your thumbprint in the wet clay, something that makes it yours. And I have seen people do this um, in pottery um, where they would take their thumb and press it against their bosom or their heart think for just mm. a second, and then press their thumb into the bottom of the clay. By the time it's fired, you don't know it. But that's their piece. They've marked it, marking it. Mm, that's really good. That's really good. Um, and that, one particular working that I've given out for clients and I've actually also done for them involves the lodestone, but also the uh, magnetic sand. What you do is you print out the logo of the company that you want to work for or that you were applying for, and you write on the back of the logo your petition. You place this under a lodestone, and you work it for nine days before the interview. Nine days, you feed this lodestone, you pray over it, you, you know, say your petition. When you go for the interview, what you need to do is grab some of the magnetic sand that is sticking on the lodestone and take it with you and sprinkle it in the office of the manager or the interviewer. 
what you've mm-hmm. done is you've basically taken the power that you built at your altar with that magnetic stone over those nine days, and then you carry it. So it's a combination of powerful lodestone magic, of like attracting at like, and then also contact magic. You go and you sprinkle that magnetic sand in the office so that they will walk through it. You have to do it nine days before the interview is what I, I've done and what I've been taught and what I teach my clients. Yeah, that's that's a good one. And I'm going to um, throw in another real old-fashioned one. Uh, this is what's called a lucky stone or a lucky rock, but it's not a stone or a rock. These are the autoliths or ear bones of fishes, and in particular the um, the drum fish, um, the red drum, puppy drum. There's a bunch of these different drum fishes. They're called drum fishes because every fish has six little orientation bones in its ears and um, they are in the front the sides and the back and the ones in the back are rather large in many fishes and in some fishes that make a drumming noise it was thought by people that the the drumming noise is made by them clanging their drum ear there's ear bones together but it's not they actually have an air sac that they make their drumming into attract a mate so they're called drum fish and these um, these bones are disc shaped. They're about this, the the diameter of a dime or a little smaller. Some of them are bigger than a dime. Depends on how old the fish is. They get the older the fish gets, the bigger the the ear bone gets. And um, these lucky rocks or lucky stones, when a fish is um, uh, dies, they're very solid and they will come out of the skull and they will um, float to shore. Also, when people um, go fishing, they cut the heads off the fish and just bring back the bodies and they'll throw them out. But often they will save and collect those ear bones because they know they have a value in hoodoo. The Native Americans mm-hmm. use them um, for luck and they always come in pairs and um, the way they're formed they have an L on one and a J on the other. So people used to tell me it was luck and joy and other people would say it's Lord Jesus. But whatever, I'm sure the Native Americans didn't read English letters. It's just they have these little shapes in them. So yeah. the spell, and this is a very old spell found all around um, the uh, south, midwest, up to the Great Lakes. These, these fish are all over America. There are a few saltwater species, but most of them are freshwater, um, and they all live in rivers, uh, is to have two of these. Two. You need two. And um, one way you can do them is to keep one at home and carry one in your pocket and go look for a job. Another people will say carry both in your pockets, one in the left, one in the right pocket. People will say make a mojo bag with them for uh, money drawing and for uh, steady work. And you can put a dime between them and uh, fix it together in a little uh, leather disc-shaped packet, and uh, which you whip stitch around the edges and usually use a little bit of... Um, soft incense to hold them together. But these lucky rocks are always used for job getting. Mm, that's fantastic. Speaking of lucky, uh, I'm going to share my uh, my root worker teacher, Mama Jay, had a, had a brother, Ronald, uh, who swore by John the Conqueror root in Hoyt's Cologne. You put mm-hmm. the John the Conqueror root in Hoyt's Cologne, it helps you with, it's meant to be overall lucky, it could help you uh, with money drawing. It could help you with gambling, but also with job getting. And what he did, and I used to hate shaking his hand when I was a kid. It's a little bit, uh, this is a little funny story that he always soaked his hands in it. So he would, 
it's not just that you would put the Hoyt's cologne on your pulse points. He actually would dab them on his hands and rub his hands really vigorously. You can hear me doing it. So that the hands would warm up. And what he said is this is heating up his luck, he would say. And every time you shook his hands, your hands would smell like Hoyt's cologne for like hours later. Um, and he swore by it. He would put Hoyt's cologne on his hand and then go and shake the hand of the interviewer. And he said there was not a single job that he did not get that he wanted. And it does work. It works really well. You put the John McConkey root in Hoyt's cologne, you let it soak for a little bit, and then you dab your hands into it, you rub your hands, and then you shake hands. Just be aware that you will transfer the scent. Hoyt's cologne smells nice, but when you're a little kid and you're like, my, when I was my age, I was always like, oh, God, I hate shaking his hands. He always smells like that old man cologne. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. We got a question um, in the chat. Um, which was, um, can girls or women use John the Conqueror? Yes, they can. Um, this is an old question, and it, it's asked quite often. Many women prefer to use Queen Elizabeth root because it's, um, and you can put that in White's cologne. Um, yep. John the Conqueror is not only associated with men, but it's also associated with gambling luck and money luck and strength yep. in general. Queen Elizabeth root is used for strength in general, power and female power. And I find just because of genderism in America, I find more gay men willing to use Queen Elizabeth than I find straight men. But I find a lot more women, both straight and lesbian, willing to use John the Conqueror. And this has to do with the way that um, uh, uh, presentations of normality are given to us as children. Male is normal, female is not normal, straight is yeah. normal, gay is not normal, and so forth. So um, so women are used to what I call translating. When they see a story or uh, hear a story about a, a brave boy, they translate, I could be that brave boy, but I'm a girl. Right? And uh, gay men have to constantly make that um, translation also. So in the end, um, Queen Elizabeth is not used as much as John the Conqueror. They both have very similar ideas, but they are gendered. And so mm. why not use them both? Why not use them both? And I also oh. will say to those to those people who are um, hardcore Dianic and only want to use a female root, there was a lady um, named Z. Budapest who falsely claimed that there was a root called Joan the Conqueror. And she made this shit up out of her own head, and it was really lousy and bad. There is no such root as Joan the Conqueror. It's just John the Conqueror. She just was a, a stupid woman. and But she put it in print, and so a lot of people ask, oh, well, I can't use John the Conqueror, but can I find Joan the Conqueror? No, there is no Joan the Conqueror, just John the Conqueror. But she could have, had she known more about hoodoo, which she did not know because she was of Eastern European origin, she could have said, hey, use Queen Elizabeth root, but she didn't. Queen Elizabeth is great. <laughs> All right. Well, there's our there's our theme song. So now it's time for Dr. Jeremy to put on his other hat and bring us our client. <laughs> the Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with your hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ali. And this week's special guest, Harvey the Rabbit, will be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Brute Workers, AIR, 
a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners located online at readersandrootworkers.org, and by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches located online at crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk with our first client, Liv. Liv, are you there? Yes. Hi. Hello, Liv. Liv writes in and says, I received a reading in April regarding a prior relationship with my friend who suffers from bipolar disorder. I was informed his mental instability is the main reason behind why our relationship couldn't improve for the better. I followed the guidance provided by Miss Cat and had candles lit at the Missionary Independent Spiritual Church to help this situation. Although our friendship is improven, I have found out that he has not been taking his medication for his illness due to a lack of health insurance. Is there anything I can do to influence him to take better care of his mental health? Oh, wow. Well, Liv, <clears throat> welcome back. Um, Thank you. You bring up a very interesting question, and I'm going to before doing. I'm going to do the first reading, and then we're going to, uh, you know, switch it up a little bit, and we'll, you know, we'll have a um, a reading by Jeremy, and then we'll have root work by Ollie. Okay, but I'm doing the first reading here. Before I do this, I want to talk to you about what you can and cannot do with spell work. And I don't mean can and cannot do in the sense of forbidden or permitted. I mean in the sense of um, good results being happening more than 85% of the time versus no result happening more than 85% of the time. Uh, Changing up people's um, attitude toward their medication or their diagnosis of mental illness is very difficult. Because the way we influence people is through their mentality. We send influences to them, but if they are they got a bad broken receiver, or their uh, transmitter is bad, it's very hard to get communication through to them. So you're setting yourself up for a difficult, difficult situation in trying to convince someone to take their medication um, or to see a therapist. Uh, now. The other way to handle the question is not can you get him to take his medication, but can you get him to get onto a program by which he can get health care at an affordable rate? And that's a different question. Do you understand where I'm going with that? Yes. So he may, you may need to sort out for yourself, is that an excuse? I have no health insurance. Or is it, and and many times it is, with mental illness, be prepared for excuses that aren't righteous, you know. Or does he simply need an advocate? So now I'm going to um, uh, read the cards on this, okay? Card number one is uh, the card of the rich merchant distributing money to the beggars and poor. So this is a card where the merchant looks very fair. He has a... uh, a balance beam scale. He has gold coins. He has. It's called the Six of Pentacles. And there are two beggars, one of whom is in torn clothing, patched clothing, and the other one has a bandage on his head, which often in these cards represents someone who has had a traumatic brain injury or is mentally ill. And the man is um, throwing these gold coins into the hands of this person who has their hands upright, uh, up, upward 
waiting to receive, and he's throwing four coins down and holding back two. It's a very unfair situation because either one man's going to get four coins, the other man's going to get two, or one man will get four coins and the merchant will hold back two. I tend to think of it as being ostensibly fair but actually unfair. So this says there are government programs, the wealthy merchant, the charitable institution. There is something available for him, but he will have to beg. And it's not that he can take a place at the table with the merchant. It's a, it, it tells me he has to assume the posture of one who begs for help. But he will get help. There will be money uh, provided for him, um, compassionately but with strings attached. The next card I have is called the High Priestess. This is a card that would presumably represent you. It's a woman who is um, uh, wise, and she has many cultural emblems on her. She has a, a full moon, a waning moon, and a waxing moon as a Egyptian sort style crown. She has behind her pomegranates and palms, um, pomegranates standing for female-centered religious ideas, as do the moon. And um, the palms are more um, politically and male-influenced. She has a Christian cross on her chest. She has the Torah, or scroll of Jewish law, in her lap. And at her feet, she has the crescent moon of Islam. And she's between two pillars, um, Boaz and Yakin, which stand for strength and establishment. She's a very wise woman. This says to me, you have some power in this situation. You might become his advocate. <clears throat> you might um, find a way to advise. This card says be flexible. Be willing to try every different form of cultural ingress into his mental state. <clears throat> it's a It's a good card. It's a card of patience and wisdom. The third card is a card called the Six of Wands. It's a card of victory. It says you can help him. He can find victory. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, he's going to have the need of five helpers. There are five people helping this man on a horse to go to victory. It looks like he did it all himself. It looks like he's a winner. But um, it is not a... Uh, of something that a person can do singly or alone. Okay? So he can win, but he's going to need a lot of help. Those are my cards. That's how I see it. Um, so let's pass this over to Jeremy. But before I go, Nagashiva, someone is trying to send me a private message. Can you get rid of that off of my screen? And to anyone trying to send me private messages, um, I'm visually impaired, and I cannot do private messaging while on the radio. And so please don't even try. Thanks. All right, Jeremy. <laughs> sure. Um, so while Miss Cat was uh, doing her reading, I was uh, pulling up uh, uh, the – I do a little bit of bibliomancy, and I was uh, selected out one of the seven prophetesses, which uh, happened to be Deborah. And she pointed me in to a direction of uh, the second uh, uh, book of Kings, um, verse th- uh, 
chapter 3, and then there's a couple of verses, for, you know, 14, 15, 16, that I found particularly interesting. And before I get into them, I wanted to ask you, do you um, – does he – does this gentleman uh, play music? Is he musically inclined at all? Yes. He yes. is musically inclined. And does he have – a a a um uh a career in music or like what's going on with that? Tell me a little bit about that. Um, he has like a strong interest um in music, but that's not his field that he's interested in. But it's something that he does, you know, as a hobby. As a hobby, okay. So that speaks to the calming nature of music. And, and remember, King David Wright play, played, you know, the, that music. And so uh, uh, the second uh, book of Kings, the quote that I have is, Elijah said, as surely as the Lord Almighty lives whom I serve, if I did not respect for the presence of Jehoshaphat, the king of Je- uh, Judah, I would not pay any attention to you. But now bring me a harpist. While the harpist was playing, the hand of the Lord came on Elisha. And he said, this is what the Lord says. I will fill this valley with pools of water. So I think this gentleman gets a lot of uh, soothing from his music. And I would encourage him uh, uh, to pursue his mm, his avocation in music, but I, I might want to try to combine that as a motivation for getting him to continue to take his his medications. And um, you know, music does help, like through the savage beast in him. So when he's playing music, I think this is I think this is going to be a, a somehow a key or pivotal mm, ah, focus around which you're going to have to work with him. Does that make sense at all? Uh, Yes. Okay. Conjure Man Ali? Um, Where's Conjure Man Ali? You've gotten some fantastic readings here. What I'm going to do is give you some root work advice. There are two parts to this root work, um, and I want to really incorporate uh, both the component of really supporting this person so that they can start taking their medication. But I think Ms. Kat said something really important there, that he's going to need five helpers. That's not a random number. That's very significant. That, that came up in the reading, and it's an indication that it is going to take support, and that's the reality of, of mental health. You should be aware that there is only so much you can do when it comes to mental health. You can support, you can encourage, you can help. At the end of the day, this is not something that it's all on you. If he doesn't want to get better, there's only so much you can do. So bear that in mind. Set some really clear boundaries for yourself. Don't find yourself 20 years down the line still burning candles, right? You want to help as much as you can without losing yourself in this process. So here's what I'm going to recommend. First and foremost, I want you to work with a skull candle. I want you to get a white skull candle. You're going to load this skull candle, which means you're going to melt out and carve out a small uh, opening at the bottom and put a bit of his hair, if you can get it, in it, and then melt the wax back over on top of this. You're going to inscribe the skull candle with his full name 
and his date of birth, and then you're going to baptize. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, I name you so-and-so. Get yourself that Root Workers Oil Special. Mix some clarity, King Solomon wisdom, and cast off evil into that mixture. Take that anointed the skull candle with it. Caress it. Pray over this. Do this for four days, every day. For four days, you're going to get a little bit of this oil, and you're going to massage it into that skull candle, reminding him of how important it is for him to take his medication, how important it is for him to carry out his treatments. Then, for the next three days, you're going to burn this candle, but around it, you're going to place four bay leaves. The skull candle is going to be in the center on some type of heat-proof dish or whatnot, and then in the four corners around, you're going to put Bailey's. Every day, for those three days, as you're burning the skull candle, you are going to burn one of those Bailey's. And as you do so, you are going to recite Daniel 4, verse 34. And at the end of that time, I, Nebuchadnezzar, raised my eyes towards heaven, and my sanity was restored. Then I praised the Most High. I honored and glorified him who lives forever. You're going to recite it as that bay leaf burns. On the third day, you're going to let everything burn down. You should still have one bay leaf left. You're going to take that bay leaf and you're going to hide it underneath his bed. You're going to place it see where he can't find it, but it's going to be where he will sleep. This will clear his mind. This will help him to overcome any hindrances when it comes to dealing with his medication and his treatment. This is a great working. It can help encourage and support him. But remember, you can only do so much. The next step is to bring in those helpers. I want you to get a bowl of Althea. You can just get a regular small bowl, fill it with an Althea leaf, place this in a center, and then around it, place five white candles in a circle that you have dressed with healing and attraction oil. Light these candles, and again, burn them down over three days, and as you do so, call out to his helpers. I name these candles the five unnamed helpers who will step forward and help to heal so-and-so. Now, maybe you know who the helpers are. Oh, this is his mother. This is his doctor. This is his cousin, and so on and so forth. Or maybe you don't. If you know them, name them. I call his mother to step forward to help him with this matter. I call his doctor to step forward to help him with this treatment. If you don't know them, then leave them unnamed, but call them. Say, I call the five unnamed helpers. Burn this down over three days, then take the wax, the althea, and bury it on his property so that every day it will exert its influence over his mind and over his body. Again, remember, there's only so much you can do. So bring in as much support as you can. Bring him involved in some prayer work. Don't feel like this needs to be all on you. Encourage him to take up a practice of prayer. That can help with the discipline of taking his treatments regularly. Seek out the Crystal Silence League. Bring in that prayer network in order to help support your work. And do this while the moon is waxing. Do this while the moon is waxing. Repeat this as many times as you. You may need to do this once a year. 
where you do the skull candle and then call in his helpers. It may be a sort of ongoing regiment, but set yourself some clear boundaries as well, knowing that if he doesn't get the help that he needs, at some point you need to leave him to his destiny and his decisions. This is what my recommendation is for you, a two-part working uh, that incorporates mm-hmm. the recommendation that's been given. I'm going to have uh, this cat come in. Uh, we have a little bit of time left. See if any further okay. suggestions. I First of all, I, I thank you for, for those bay leaves, which were in the card, the six of um, yep. wands. Absolutely. The bay leaves were there, so you really picked up on that. Um, my question, what verse chap what chapter and verse of Daniel people are asking in the chat. Ah uh, yes, chapter four, verse thirty four. Okay, someone typed that in. I my fingers are t- tired. <laughs> um and uh, there we go. Um and that is Book of Daniel. Type in Book of Daniel. All right. Um this is really great and I really love the way it's done in two parts. You are the master of these multi part spells. And if you can't get to where he's sleeping, um you can just put it someplace where he will walk uh, if you have to. If you can't, if it's really difficult the, to get the, both the Althea and the bay leaf situated, as Ollie said, you can combine them together, put them in a little packet, and put them somewhere near where he would walk. You want to get him in contact with those, for sure. Um, Althea is often associated with the shoe because it leads you to good helpers. And... Um, Bay leaf is associated with the head or the hat because it mm-hmm. gives you wise thoughts. So from head to toe, he's going to be blessed. So that's a very, very um, lovely, lovely way of working. I don't have anything else to add to that. Um, I hope you um, do take Ollie's advice to pull out of this if you have to. In other words, set yourself a time limit Set yourself a moment at which you say, I cannot do this anymore. How about you, Jeremy? Do you have any ideas for this spell? Oh, uh, honestly, <laughs> honestly, you caught me with my pants down. I'm busy doing my announcer stuff. <laughs> all right, all right. We'll get you to go do your announcer stuff and come back when it's on the minute and you can get your announcer stuff on. That's what happens when we make our announcer be a guest. We catch him with his pants down. All right. Well, one other thing I want to say to you, Liv, this guy is very happy and and uh, or should be very happy to have you as a helper. You can't yes. help everyone. And um, there's an old song that I usually sing when I think about this. It's called um, Fallen by the Wayside by Charlie Poole and the North Carolina Ramblers. And, um, you know, some people do fall by the wayside. This is just the way of the world. So don't beat yourself up if you cannot help. One of the things about the wise woman, the high priestess card that I saw, one of the things about her is that she knows what she can do. People come to her for help. She gives them all the help she can, but she cannot change their lives for them. So good luck to you. I wish you all the best. All the best. Yeah, all the best to you. All right. Now we have our... Scheduled network announcement mechanical toy machine will now enter the scene from stage left. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. 
the Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time for our free spell segment with Harvey the Bunny from templeofmiriam.com. Take it away, me! So, uh, oh, yeah, Harvey the Rabbit. So, uh, so we were talking a little bit earlier about, um, you know, I like amulets and, 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 and I like their relationship um, to mojos uh, uh, um, and old old Jewish magic. So I thought I would uh, look something up. I looked something up, which is out of Shemush Tehillim, uh, a book that I, I read out of for our, um, for our, our little virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival happy hour. And um, Psalms 114 with the holy name of Aha written upon a new parchment uh, carry that concern Consistently on your person in a small bag, and this will ensure your success in trade and in business. Now, um, to go a little bit further on that, since you're carrying it in a small bag, right, and you're, you're supposed to, when you write down the Psalms, focus on the holy name of Aha, um, you, you can add all the other ingredients for um, a, a mojo, uh, Bessemon spices or pyrite or John the Conqueror root, and, and you can anoint the back. So that is the free spell. Wow. So that's really good. And I love the uh, couple things here. I love the idea of adding Bessemon spices, also known in hoodoo as money drawing uh, spices. And I'm going to just give a little quick sidelight on that. I know some people have heard me say it before, but bessemum is a an herb mixture that is not scented with oils. It's all natural, the scent of the herbs, like a potpourri, that is used in Jewish, um, I guess you could call it folk religion, since I don't believe it appears in scripture, um, at the end of the Sabbath to return one to a consciousness of the natural world because your soul has been delighting in the Lord all day and night, and so therefore you want to... Um, come back to the world and so you are to smell these spices and they're kept in a little spice container and when they lose their scent you scatter the nature and you go get some more well um it long ago was um a trope that jews are good at business this is a i don't know why people think it but maybe they are um and among um, black root workers it was obvious that they were looking for different root and herb combinations and um seeing that jews had these specific little bessemum spices, they had, well, Jews are good at money. We'll call these money-drawing spices. So a lot of times when you go into an old hoodoo store, when I was a kid, you'd go in and you'd ask for money-drawing spices, and you'd get it, and it would be Jewish bessemum spices. It was kind of interesting. There's no one recipe. There are many, many recipes. In fact, every woman of the house makes her own recipe, usually, and um, or will modify um, bessemums that she buys at a Judaica shop. Um these are uh, old ways of working, so that's what he was talking about. And, um, you know, the, um, the 
idea it, that um, Bessemum brings money has actually, when you break it down, what's in Bessemum, a lot of those herbs are used in hoodoo as money-drawing spices, such as cloves, just one mm-hmm. example. Okay, so that's what he was talking about there. You could add that to it. Ali, do you have anything to add? I was just going to give a quick testament to another spice that's phenomenal for steady work and money-drawing and cinnamon. It works, it pairs yes. really well with cloves, um, and it's so, so good. Those warming, all those warming spices, allspice, mm-hmm. nutmeg, cloves, cinnamon, we associate those with the holidays, we associate those with a warm heart, but they're also fantastic for money-drawing, house-blessing, wealth, uh, and the steady work as well. I'm a big believer. I use cinnamon in practically all my money-drawing stuff alongside cloves. Yeah. So what we've done here and what Jeremy has really pointed us toward is a very old Jewish amulet um, with Psalms 114 and and the holy name Aha. And that's just there. That's it. It's just that. But now it becomes a African-American style mojo bag by adding Bessemum, Pyrite, Hajj on the Conquer Root, and uh, anointing it with Hoyt's Cologne. Uh, as Nagashiva wrote down. So this is how Hoodoo incorporates um, elements from other cultures and how other cultures share their elements. It's it's a wonderful way to work. Now I'm going to make a little side note on the holy name, Aha. Uh, Jeremy, actually, I'm going to call upon you. These holy names that are used um, in the recitation of Psalms for folk magic sometimes confuse people who are not from the Jewish culture, they are derived from within the language of the Psalms themselves. Aha is an interesting one because it sounds a little humorous. You know, like, aha! Right. (laughs) Right? But um, can you talk a little bit about how these holy names are derived? Oh, that's secret. (laughs) What? (laughs) What? Oh, you have to become my student for that. Yes. Really? Well, in 25 words or less, these holy names aren't just picked out of a telephone book. No, they're not. No, they're specific. But I'm just going to reserve that for my students. Okay, you're going to reserve that for your students. Okay. So you all have to study Jewish folk magic or study the Kabbalah to get how they're derived. I know I know how some of them are. They're from initial letters and stuff like that. They are That's condensations right. of the um of the um and, and they're interesting. Phrases. I mean they yeah. they have a long tradition. Ali, do you have anything to add to the holy names? No, that's similar to we find in Arabic as well. There's alphanumeric components to it. Um but these these names are best recited not just as a sort of a, a phrase that you say, but intoned. There's a component of sort of vibrating out the names in a sort of meditative fashion in which the entire, every single cell in the body sort of vibrates with the, with the name of God. Um, and you'll feel it. You really do feel, when you set it properly, you can feel something shift. You can feel your whole body attuned to it. So I always tell students when they're, when they're working with sort of names of power to really recite it over and over again until something clicks. Then you've got it, and you've understood how to recite it properly. Okay. Um, 
Jeremy, Doc Murphy says that my uh, psalm says the holy name I should recite is Yah. And again, this comes down to alphabetics. I mean, you know, how you um, interpret a ancient sound in a modern way. Those who don't want to um, intone holy names... Um, I don't think you have to. Um, there are many people who use the Psalms without intoning the holy names. Mm-hmm. All right. And some of them have more than one holy name. All right. We're going to turn this over to our uh, announcer, Jeremy, and he's going to give us our little outro. And if we have a little room at the end, we'll talk about the festival, or maybe he can talk about the festival. Let's see what happens, because it's all a mystery to me. <laughs> It has been a fantastic and wild ride, hasn't it? <laughs> thank you, Miss Cat and Contraman Ali. And thank me uh, for being our special guest this week. We invite you to join in next week when our special guest will be Papa D and, uh, of SouthernConjure.com and uh, Miss Catherine Ironwood talking about the book Stranger in the Cup. I'm your announcer, Dr. Jeremy, joining you from Seattle. And for all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in next week. Thanks, everybody. Let's turn this over to Kat and the Conjure Man. All righty. Well, we have a big virtual Hoodoo Heritage Festival coming up. And I don't know why Jeremy is so shy about announcing it, because he is the organizer. So, Dr. Jeremy, take a bow. Um, wave your hands magisterially. He is in charge of this event, and it's going to be quite an event. It's going to have um, 15 workshops, and there's going to be um, dozens and dozens of, of little videos. There's the 15 major videos, and there's these little extra videos. Those who entered um, and bought tickets early get boxes of goodies. Those who entered late can buy their goodies on the side. Um, we want you to enjoy this a lot. It's going to be something. And um, you can find um, tickets and uh, description at hoodooheritagefestival.com. And just click the look around, see what it's all about, and then click the buy the tickets thing, and you'll be taken away to the virtual hoodooheritagefestival.com. <laughs> all right, folks. Good night. Good night, all. Good night.